All right, guys, we're back at it with another question response. This question is timely, so I figured I'd answer that this week and push some of the other questions off to a few weeks from now. So here we go. The question is about deloads. We're having a deload week next week and what that means and why we need to do it and all that fun stuff. So a deload week is kind of what it sounds like it is. You're going to take load off the bar and really you're going to move the volume down. So your load and volume are what uh, add up to get your results for sure, but also add up to build fatigue. And fatigue is a a little bit different term maybe in exercise science than, than we would think of it in real life settings. So fatigue, normally we think about like you're just getting tired and you need to sit down or something like that. And this has the same meaning, but it's talking about more of a cumulative effect and how that affects your body over the course of a training cycle. So we've been running this training cycle for a while. And so we need to take some time away from the volume and intensities or load for a little bit to recover before we try to test maxes. So that's the purpose of the deload week and and why it's happening. Now, how often you should do a deload week depends on a myriad of factors and who you ask and all that fun stuff. So normally the more advanced of a lifter you are, the more frequently you need them. Um, One, because you're probably moving heavier loads and you might even have a little more volume than a novice or intermediate lifter would need. Two, you have a little bit more mileage on the tires and so you need to be a little more careful with you know just constantly pushing intensity and volume and so that tends to be where we see injuries um, you tend to find like maybe overuse symptoms happening or even like an acute injury happening just because your structures aren't quite as strong as they were before you started the cycle maybe even things if you do it long enough like adrenal fatigue and just CNS just being worn out factors so yeah, the more advanced of a lifter you are, the more frequently you need these. Now, most of us at the gym, I would say, are beginner or intermediate lifters for sure. So we're not needing them, you know, like a athlete competing in powerlifting or weightlifting who's been doing this for a decade and they're an elite lifter and they have tons and tons of reps and mileage under their belt. So they need them a little more frequently than we do. A question I could see someone thinking right now is that we don't always do these. So, you know, if it only happens once or twice a year, why aren't we deloading more often? And the answer to that is more based on how CrossFit works versus powerlifting or weightlifting or something that's a little more uh, linear or undulating. It has a progressive manner to it that is structured. So in CrossFit, generally speaking here, there is some variance or there's a lot of variance in the movements you're doing. And so you're not going to get to the point where you have an overuse issue with specific movements if the programming is done well and there's no not too much over patterning of those movements now we do a little more structured strength training than the average crossfit gym does probably so we do have some of this built in more naturally and what that might look like is we go from a powerlifting style block take a little breather from that do some conditioning work a little bit less on the strength side then maybe go into a Olympic lifting block so it's different stressors and you know you're getting to recover from some of the things that you were hammering in that 5-3-1 block or whatever and go into a longer conditioning block or a shorter interval conditioning block or whatever so we have some natural ebb and flow to the programming the way we do it now and so there isn't a need for like a hard deload week because we're not one we're not testing maxes that often and two 
you're getting a natural deload from switching from something to a new thing because you're having to start kind of at the beginning of that thing again. So the loads are less, the intensities are less, the volumes are less. So I hope that makes sense as to why these aren't something that happens like every two months, but they are going to be something that happens that frequently or, you know, two to three months that frequently if you're doing a strict weightlifting or strict powerlifting style block like we are right now. So trying to keep this thing short still, we won't go deep down these rabbit holes, but there's essentially three major ways that fatigue is going to affect your performance in the gym. So the first way is that your technique's going to get worse over time. Your ability to produce power is going to get worse over time. You know, you're going to fatigue in the sense that we would use the word kind of naturally. And you would expect if you just kept hammering the same thing over and over week after week, that there would be some degradation in your performance. And so that is going to happen. Like I said, the more advanced of a lifter you are, the quicker that probably happens. So it's not quite as fast for most of us, but there is some of that just natural. Your technique breaks down and you're not as powerful and explosive as you were before. So that's one factor right there. The second factor is the one you could for sure go down a big rabbit hole on and it gets really sciencey really fast. But essentially, there's some hormonal effects that happen over the course of the lifting block that if you keep just pounding and pounding on, some bad things will happen there. Your CNS, your central nervous system, will just get fried. Your endocrine system's not going to be real happy with you. Your hormone production won't be as good as it used to be. Um, just You can get into adrenal fatigue if you do this long enough. So those are all scary-sounding things, hopefully, and you don't want to do them, even if you don't know what they mean. So, yeah, just some bad things can happen to some of the major systems in your body if you keep hammering and hammering it with stress over time. So that is another reason why you would deload. The third one might be a little more marginal and not as big of a worry for us, and it depends if you ask how big of a deal it is, but the way that it works when you're lifting weights, you get micro tears in your muscles, and over time, those are going to get bigger and bigger, and so you're more likely to get a muscular tear and an injury if you don't give it some time to recover. Most of us probably aren't getting into a load intensity volume issue where that could be a problem. We're not squatting double body weight for doubles and triples for 10 total reps, you know, multiple times a week or anything like that, where an elite level power lifter or a high level weightlifter would do something like that. So it, it's less likely for that to be an issue for us, but that is also a possibility. If you go Google search, you'll, you'll see stuff on that. So if you give yourself time to recover, it allow you to peak for a one rep max or like a meet. If you were competing, there would be a peaking structure to where you would really get after it for a little while and then take a little bit of a taper and then go do your meet or test your one rep maxes and you should feel pretty good. So that's the idea behind what we're doing. Now we're not running a full taper like we would for a meet because we didn't peak like we would for a meet, but the idea is the same here. This leads us into a really great chance to remind you guys about things that we're really trying to push and that's recovery in general. So recovery is going to be what helps you get stronger over time. The lifting weights part is part of it, but if you don't recover, you're not going to make the progress you want. So some important factors are things like the quantity and quality of your sleep, the quantity and quality of your nutrition, and other things such as stress management and relaxing in general, like hanging out at the house, watching Netflix, doing something that lets you relax and recover. There's a thing called compassionate touch, which is essentially any way a human's touching you and which is going to be beneficial for your recovery. This can run the gamut from things like a massage to sex. So all of that stuff has a lot of research to show that it works and helps reduce fatigue and help you recover. So 
all good things to have in your life. There's some other things out there that might be helpful. Research is a little less clear on them. Things like contrast baths or ice baths and then jumping in a sauna or something like that. Those can all maybe be beneficial, but there's a little bit less evidence to show that they for sure work. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there where people really find they help them a lot. So that might be something to play around with if you're that interested in boosting your recovery. And then there's a whole lot of things that science doesn't really think works that people use. So, you know, anything that's not one of the things that we listed here probably isn't super helpful for recovery. And this is a great time to remind you guys of just a life thing I believe in. There are no free rides. So if you take an anti-inflammatory because you're sore to help reduce inflammation, you're going to be less sore. So yay, that was a success. But inflammation is the process your body uses to recover from things like lifting heavy. And so by blunting that response, science seems to think that you're blunting a lot of your progress you can make too. So anything that you do like that to kind of mask or to cheat the system in the long run doesn't look like it works and might actually really slow your progress down. So if you're someone who takes a couple anti-inflammatories after you lift because it just makes you feel better, I would suggest not going that route. If you need it to function in life, then maybe you need to talk to us about how we can adjust your program to where you're not that beat up and that you have to have those. This is also why the contrast baths and definitely ice baths is a little more controversial because they work in a similar fashion. And so the research there is a little, a little less clear on whether that's really hurting the progress you're making. It might, it might not be, but that's something to look into for sure if you're interested in that stuff. All right, so that's why we have a taper week. We did it again, under 10 minutes. Keep sending in your questions. We'll do our best to respond to them. Have a great week, and we'll see you in the gym.